Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Level Up Podcast. I'm Brendan Payne, and our goal on this podcast is to take you from agent to entrepreneur. And I'm excited to bring you this episode where Greg Harrelson and I sat down and had a conversation, a very candid conversation, about some of the myths, lies, half-truths, and scams that we believe agents are being fed on what it takes to really be successful in this industry and grow their business to the levels that they want to. There's nothing held back here. I think you're going to get some great, great tips out of this. And so you can hopefully recognize um, any of the things that you're seeing that you know might not be taking you in the direction that you want to go. It's full of actionable items that you can you know, use in your business to really recognize how are you going to grow from agent to entrepreneur. So enjoy and let us know how we can help you out. Hey, Greg Harrelson here. I want to uh, introduce, of course, most of you know, my uh, business partner, Brendan Payne, um, you know, has joined uh, me in cutting this video. We just want to talk about, you know, the things that real estate agents are told that um, we feel like they should have been told something differently in, 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 in order to help them get to the next level. You know, Brendan, you and I have talked to a lot of agents and uh, through our uh, attracting them to our group and helping them get to top level production. And through that process, you know, the types of agents we've talked to are brand new licensees that had no habits, maybe some that came from other companies that had habits. Um, but for some reason, those habits and what they were taught by those other companies um, really only enabled them to get to 5, 10, maybe 12, 13 transactions. And then they hit a plateau and had no idea uh, how to get to the next level. So mm -hmm. we just want to have a conversation together about, um, you know, what are those things that agents are told? that maybe um, we're, we're not accurate in, in, or at least we're not in alignment with what the agent's goals were. You know, an agent says, hey, I wanna, I wanna create some wealth for my family. I wanna do 30 transactions a year or 60 transactions a year, or I wanna make 100,000 or 500,000. It seems like the things that brokers and owners and managers are telling the agents these days don't match those goals. They, 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 they're told what it's gonna take to maybe just possibly survive in the business, but nothing more than that. So what's your, what's your take on this before we get into uh, the actual points for today, Brendan? Yep, and I think you hit a, a critical point there, and I think it's good for everybody to know from the beginning. That it's about being in alignment with what the agent wants. So just um, full disclosure, I think our conversation is going to be for those people that are looking at creating a business. So a business that is going to provide more than just a job, it's going to provide some opportunities for long-term wealth. Listen, if, you're, if your goal with being in real estate is to do a deal a month or something like that, then a lot of this stuff might not be as critical to your business or what you're doing with real estate than somebody that's wanting to actually create um, a bigger business. So I think that's an important distinction. And I kind of look at these, these topics that, that we're going to talk about Really, they just they came to me in just me saying, I wish that the brokers, owners, sometimes so-called coaches, etc., would just stop telling 
agents these things because they're just not going to get the agents that are trying to build the business where they want to be. I think that's kind of in a nutshell what this is going to be about. And uh, we, very, we want to be very respectful to, um, to the industry um, as well as, uh, as to just, you know, the, the brokers and owners that are all across the country. Um, yet if we want to be transparent, uh, Brendan, I think sometimes you and I look at some of the things that are being told to these agents and we're saying, gosh, these are, these are almost flat out lies. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, almost, it's so obvious that what they're teaching them is not going to get them to their goal that I, I wonder why they said it in the first place, you know, and I think I've come to the conclusion that a lot of times brokers and owners have a hard time just kind of laying it out, laying the truth out, being honest with, with new agents or just agents that are trying to get to the next level. I don't feel like there's, they're maliciously out there trying to hurt anybody. Yeah. Um, they're probably doing the best that they can uh, in terms of guiding and sharing with the agents. But what we've learned in, in creating top producers and what it really takes. It's not that it's hard, but it seems to be quite different than what most people are telling these agents. So I think a lot of brokers and owners are really wanting to be liked and wanting to be accepted you know, by their agents. So therefore they hold back the truth. When the reality is, is I think that they just need to be transparent and they need to be really honest with agents. So agents have a chance to make it and to reach their goals and reach their dreams. So yeah. yeah. Um, Let's talk about what, what's, what's the first lie or, 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 uh, or comment that we know people tell that uh, we know is really not going to work. Yeah. So the one thing that the first one that I wrote down, which I just actually out of the, out of the eight or 10 that we'll go through, I think is probably one of the most important was um, stop telling lower producing agents or new agents that are getting in the business that you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to coach them into the productivity that they want if you or someone that's going to be coaching them hasn't already done that type of production like stop coaching from theory you have to coach and you have to train from experience yes i and you know as you are as you are talking i i didn't know if you were going to say the word experience or not uh, but that's exactly what's coming to my mind it's like you know when you look at some of the great coaches across the country um, whether it be real estate or whether it be other topics, um, the experience they're bringing to the conversation seems to be that that tipping point where you know um, that, that that tips the agent over into being able to take action and um, and succeed at a high level. And I really think it's it makes it more believable for the agent. You know, if you're telling the agent, hey, you know, well, read this book and do what the book says, you know, not every agent really responds well to that. Like they may, they may read the book, they may attempt to do it, but that differs from the person that says, hey, read this and watch me do this or, you know, read this and let me share you, you know, let me share with you how I've actually executed on this. In, in my career, you know, having that experience to share, I think makes it more believable. And it definitely inspires the agent to take action. It, it makes them feel like, hey, gosh, if they did it, I can do it. Yeah. They, they need to be able to see evidence that it worked. Is that, yeah. uh, that, that's my thoughts on what you just said. Yeah. And, you know, if you're in this business for more than a day or two, you're going to realize at some point you're going to wonder and you're going to doubt and you're going to have some question about whether the things that you're doing 
whether you're going to be able to get what you want in this business. There's a lot of, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of yeah. um, self-doubt. There's a lot of questions. It takes longer than you usually think it's going to. So at some point, credibility becomes absolutely, it, it's imperative. Credibility of whoever you're, whoever you're listening to. Yeah, I agree. That's, that, that, that's a great one. That's a great one. You know, another one, I, I know we kind of made a few notes because I wanted to get these right or at least get these out. Another one that we talked about is um, stop telling them you don't have to make outbound calls in this business. Yeah. You know, and, and golly, now not only are brokers, owners, managers, team leaders um, saying that, but uh, it, it seems like every day you open up Facebook, they're telling you that you don't have to do that. Um, you know, you could get rich without in real estate without ever making a phone call. Like, 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 drop your home phone, drop your cell phone. You don't need to work for like no phones, and you're going to be able to make money in this business. Why? Why are people telling agents this? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think it's born out of the you know the um, the resistance to the the awful word of prospecting, of cold calling, of all of that. And it all just kind of gets lumped into, well, that's outbound calls. But if you, when you have conversations okay. a little bit deeper with agents, then, you know, you ask them, okay, they come in and they say, listen, I don't want to do any of this prospecting. And I don't want to, I don't, all this generating stuff, I don't want to do that stuff. Say, so, okay. And you have a little bit deeper conversation. And you figure out that's not really what they're saying. They might not want to pick up a neighborhood list and make cold calls, just listed calls and things like that. But they understand, hey, if you if you provide some contacts for me, I'm willing to make those calls outbound. But here's what happens. They go and they talk with other other um, uh, people that have a little bit other opinion on it. And they say, well, I don't want to make calls. And they don't go any further. Okay, well, you don't have to make calls. And they introduce things like, you know what, one of the things that we do is we, we, we will, um, you know, maybe we'll have something at one of the local sporting events and you can set a tent up there and people will come to you and that'll be a great way to build your business. And you're going, wait a second, is that really going to work for that person? And now that person who you could have coached into, this is really what we're talking about in terms of generating. They don't ever even get exposed to it and they were willing to do it. That's the real issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, you know, and I'm thinking about like um, people will say, uh, you know, hey, you should do a bunch of open houses. Now, I'm, I actually agree you should do open houses. But here, here, here's the key. It's like do open houses and then all the people that come into your open house, like if you do an open house on Saturday and 10 people visited that uh, open house on Saturday, then Monday you need to call all 10 people. Right. and check in with them. You know, so, you know, you're talking about they, t they associate making calls with prospecting, that, that word that most people just can't stand. I don't want to prospect. Well, every outbound call you make is really a form of prospecting. Right. So we can just get rid of that word if we want to, or we can use the word if we want to. The key is, is when we tell people they don't need to prospect, they don't need to make calls, then simple things like following up with all the people that came to your open house, then that agent hears, well, I don't, I shouldn't be making calls. I'll wait for them to call me. Mm -hmm. And, and we know that that just doesn't happen in today's real estate industry. That might've happened 10 or 15 years ago, 
But now with all the noise and, and distraction in the industry and all the different you know, websites that, the agents, that these consumers get on on a daily basis, the likelihood that they're going to remember to call you is unlikely. And the likelihood that somebody's going to call them before they call you is highly likely. Yeah. So yes, you, you have to make calls. You know, uh, somebody does direct mail. Well, guess what? When you get a direct mail piece, you've never talked to them. I mean, you send out a, a, a just sold card. You haven't talked to the person. They call back. You've got to make an outbound call to them. So like, I know that that might sound obvious, but just brokers and owners saying, hey, you don't have to make any calls is confusing the real estate agent and hindering them from getting to the next level. And, and at a time in the industry where it's probably never, that, that, that belief has never been more damaging because we're catching so many people earlier in the sales cycle now that it's actually requiring more calls, more attempts, and more effort than it did five or six years ago just because of how technologies kind of change the sales cycle of a real estate lead. So there's never been a time where having the belief that, listen, I do, I, I'm going to have to make a lot of outbound calls. Doesn't mean that, you know, it's any one particular area, but that is part of sales, which is another point we'll get to. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Let's get right to it. <laughs> so um, I put on there, stop letting people believe that they will be able to reach the goals that they want without becoming great salespeople. So this really is just um, a, an extension of the last one that, listen, you are always going to be in the generating business. You're always going to have to, if somebody hands you somebody that is ready to buy or sell today, they're not going to come on over, set all those things up, all the listing or the, all the appointments up and then go out and write the contract and it's going to close in the next two or three weeks. There are going to be steps that you have to take. And part of those steps are becoming a really, really good salesperson. And I think sometimes people have that, that there's a connotation with salespeople. Boy, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to have a relationship with my clients and all that stuff is good. But in the end, you are a salesperson. And if it's easier to think about, if you're going to represent your clients at the highest level, you need to be a salesperson for them because you're going to be a negotiator for them in all yes. different steps of the transaction. And there is no strong negotiator that is not a great salesperson. So if that's the only thing that you can hang on to and say, that's the reason I need to be a great salesperson, then make that it. And then you'll become really good in a lot of other areas. Yeah, you know, that's, you, you know, let's, so you got term salesperson, which we know in the industry, no one wants to, I mean, no one says, hey, you know what, we need to make sure that you, you, you improve your skills so you can be a great salesperson and you can earn the, the level of income you want. Like companies just don't say that. They don't, everyone stays away from the word salesperson as just like they stay away from the word prospecting. Mm -hmm. But what, what's interesting, uh, in, in, interesting is that when somebody is interviewing an agent to sell their home, then they're looking for someone who is a sales person. You know, and so what we are afraid to admit we are is exactly what the consumer wants us to be. So mm -hmm. just the avoidance of talking about that term salesperson creates a disconnect between you, the agent, 
in the consumer. And we wonder why are, are, is our conversion so low? Why are we not getting this business? It's like when, we, when, they're, when they're looking for a salesperson to hire, but we show up as everything but a salesperson, and, and, and then we go and leave and wonder, why didn't we get hired? And you also said something, um, you know, uh, about uh, relationships, okay? Like, you know, well, I, I'm not a salesperson. I like to create relationships. I, I want to make a, 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 a connection here. Great salespersons, great salespeople know how to develop relationships. So I'm a relationship person is one quality mm-hmm. of being a great salesperson. So I think people like to identify with some of the qualities of being a great salesperson yeah. when we need to be identifying with just being a salesperson and then developing those qualities. Mm-hmm. See, being a salesperson without those skills like building rapport, having a great relationship, asking questions, being a salesperson without those makes you a poor salesperson. Mm-hmm. Being a salesperson with all of those uh, uh, qualities makes you a great salesperson. So we're not saying, oh, you can't be a real estate consultant. You can't be a relationship person. You can only be a salesperson. We're saying you can't be a salesperson unless you're all of those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the, you know, that's the, I think if people are, are honest, then they want to they wanna be able to provide the highest level of service in what you said at the beginning. That's what the consumer's asking for. You know, that's yes. why they are in every market. They could hire somebody that is the relationship first, and yeah. they don't. So yeah. we, we know that's kind of what they're looking for. Yeah. Good. What do you have next? All right. So, uh, yeah, the next one I have here or, or we have on this list is stop telling them that they've got the right personality. Uh, to be able to be great in real estate. Great agents are great because they've got great work ethic, ethic, right? But we know that so many people, you know, you'll hear about brokers and owners will meet somebody at a restaurant and they'll say, oh my gosh, you have a great personality. You should get into real estate. Um, We hear that all the time. Or we hear, you know, people are already in real estate and they go to a company and the manager says, oh man, you've got a great personality. I mean, you're going to be able to be great at this, or you should be much doing much better than this. So personality, what is yeah. your thoughts on that? Yeah, so my thoughts are there's no correlation. There's, there's no correlation. Now, um, is it great to have a great personality? Absolutely. But I've seen and you've seen, there's been plenty oh. of people that have come into this business and had unbelievable, get along with everybody, great outgoing personalities. And we look and we go, oh my gosh, they've got so much potential, but there were a couple of key things missing. And then on the flip side, we have people that have come in before and we've been like, wow, um, kind of kind of abrasive, kind of a little bit difficult to get along with, but unbelievable salespeople and unbelievable yeah. service providers to their clients. So there, it's not like there's one without the other. They're great at what they do and they provide an incredible service. But what you said at the beginning, the first thing starts with, regardless of personality, you have to have the desire to be really, really good. You have to have the desire and want to succeed. Then you actually have to have a really good work ethic. Then you've got to um, get somebody that's going to be able to 
kind of show you what to do. That's the coaching and the training side of it. And then it's, you have to actually develop the skills. So those four steps I think are probably the four main areas that determine, and it's not personality. Yeah. You know, I just made a little note here and uh, it reminds me of something my dad said, and this is a playoff, something he said, he didn't really say this, uh, but it just, it just dawned on me that, you know, when somebody says you're, oh gosh, you have a great personality. They're coming from a place of that. That's their opinion of you, right? And, and it's a very positive opinion. And we like to hear that. And, and, and the person who says it probably likes to say that. But, you know, every person that one person says has a great personality, there's probably another person that's repelled by that same exact personality. You know, it's like, so what is a great personality? Like, there's, there is no such thing as a great personality where everyone in the world is going to agree that that's a great personality. Right. When whoever says you have a great personality, because it, it's, they see you as that. But we know there's somebody in the world that would actually look at you and say, ah, I don't really like their personality. That's just the reality of life. And, and that goes for every single person. So every person that has a personality, which is everybody, someone actually views that person that having a great personality, and there's somebody that views that person as having a not so great personality. Personality mm -hmm. is not a factor. We all have one. What I like what you said, it's like what you learn, what you put in, pour into the, uh, the industry is what's going to get you to the next level. You're, all personalities are fine. You're right. I can think of people right now that are doing phenomenal that I, I, I think, oh, you know, I don't, their, their personality, I mean, they got an okay personality and they're crushing it in the business. Now, there's other people in their life that are probably looking at them and say, gosh, they're crushing it in the business. It must be because they have such a fantastic personality. Right. And the reverse applies. So look, if somebody's telling you got a great personality, good for you, fantastic. I believe you probably do. But the reality is, is that's not going to be enough to get you through, to break through to the next level. Yeah, very true. All right. So I wrote down uh, this one, I wrote down as my number two, and it's stop okay. telling Stop telling agents that they don't need to learn scripts and dialogues in this business. And I, I just, it's, it's amazing to me. And I, I hope we can clear, if we can clear this or give somebody a different way to look at this one person off of this video somewhere, yeah. then it's worth doing yeah. the video. So here, here's a couple Great. of things. Here's a couple of thoughts I've got on it. One, everybody in the business in everybody in every part of their life uses scripts and dialogues we do it they're called habits it's it's how we respond yes. to things so if you think about agents that are performing really well are using scripts and dialogues agents that aren't performing well are using scripts and dialogues the agents that are performing well are using scripts and dialogues that are more effective. That's the difference. So when yeah, you wow. talk with a broker, owner, coach, manager, and I would, you know, a, a great test that I wish would just, just be mandatory would be, hey, do you think that, I mean, do I have to go out and learn all these scripts and stuff like that? And kind of say it like that, because of course, then they're going to be like, well, they don't want to, they don't want to talk about that. So I'm going to tell them, eh, we don't need to do that. No, you don't have to, you don't have to learn any of that stuff. Okay. Then are you telling me that I don't know what to say? I don't need to know what to say in this business. 
because that's what it is. You just have to learn what to say in the business. That's all they are. It doesn't mean anything more or yeah. less than that. Yeah. If you look at and follow an agent who is having challenges, they're probably saying the same things over and over and over that just aren't effective. They're using scripts and dialogues. Same as the person that's, that's doing really, really well. It's just their scripts and dialogues are getting them further. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and guy, I got so many thoughts in my head on this one, you know, and I just thought of like, um, I, I, I think one of the reasons why leaders kind of hold back from telling people that they need uh, to learn scripts and dialogues is, I, I think, l- let me back up. So in, in the real estate industry, it's been known that real estate uh, salespeople or agents are kind of not on the highest uh, level when it comes to the consumer believing or having a respect for the industry. In other words, when you, when you start to measure like what industries have the highest respect, real estate agents, car salespeople, we're kind of like at the lower level. Mm-hmm. And, and we wonder, or I always wonder, why is that? And I think the reason is, is because the leaders, brokers, owners, managers, I, I don't think that a lot of people in those positions actually believe we're truly professionals out there serving the community. And like a doctor, for instance, they, they believe that they're really serving people. And, and, and the people that believe that are really like, I want to go out and have the highest impact, serve the consumer at the highest level, those are the people that actually study their trade. They're, they study their conversations to make sure that they deliver the highest level of service. But if you don't believe you're at the status of like a doctor when it comes to the impact you can have on people, then I think then you'll just say, I don't really need to learn scripts and dialogues. But what if you went to a doctor? If you went to a doctor and you needed a surgery, wouldn't you want the doctor to have practiced many, many times you know, in, uh, at school before they actually started having surgery on you? Wouldn't you want them to know their scripts? In, in the medical field, it's, it's their procedure. So scripts and procedures are the same exact thing. See, we would demand health professionals to have mastered their scripts and procedures, but we're not demanding ourselves to do the same. And then we're questioning why in the world is the, um, is the consumers, are the consumers not looking at real estate agents and, um, at the, in the same light as they are very uh, high-level you know, surgeons? Yeah. You know, that's what comes to my mind. It's like, you know, I, and we know that people are saying, well, I don't want to learn scripts because I don't want to be sound canned. And there's a whole nother conversation about that. You only sound canned when you're, you've only memorized the script. You only sound canned when you've only memorized. You will no longer sound canned once you memorize them. Then let your personality come through. Yep. Yeah. And I think a lot of this relates back to number one, which was, um, you know, maybe if they, if the person that's coaching them or, or is, is talking to them about what it's going to take to be productive, if they haven't done that themselves, um, then it's going to be a tougher, it's going to be a tougher concept for them to understand. Uh, yeah, that that is oh, yeah. that's a good point. If you're if you're really looking to get to the next level, you, you know, you you went back to experience, right, and having yeah. credibility. And yeah. you know, I I would probably challenge you know most brokers, owners, and managers who are so called leaders of agents. I'd I'd love to see them actually 
uh, uh, dictate the scripts. I'd love to hear them recite the scripts. A lot of times, the people that are not telling their agents that they need to know scripts are the ones that never learn scripts themselves. Yeah. And, and, and this is the area, like I, I, two scripts come across my mind. Somebody says, will you cut the commission? And I could say, sure. Okay. Okay. You know, or somebody says, will you cut the commission? And I say, you know, no, I can't do that. Do you have any other questions? Like those are two different scripts, right? One is probably going to help you maintain your level of commission, the commission that you really want. And the other script is going to have you cutting the commission and losing dollars on every single transaction. And it's just as simple of a few words. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So the next one we have here is um, stop telling them you have better leads. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, th this one, I don't even know how to, I mean, this is just a scam. I forget about a lie. This is a scam in our industry. This is a scam. Yeah, but come to my company. Come to my company. We've got better leads. Yeah. It's like I can tell you right now. And and I I and this is a bold statement, but I'm I'm really hey, believing it. Let's hear it. For if we actually research the sales productivity of the companies that say they have the best leads to give, I bet you their sales productivity is below average. That's a scam. We don't, and nobody has better leads. Listen, leads are people. Leads are people. Like, like people are saying, oh, I got these internet leads. Okay, great. Everybody's got the same leads. The leads themselves are not good or bad. It's the conversations of the agents. It's the conversation the agent is having with these people that determine whether the leads are good or bad. You could take one company's leads, take them away, you know, and I've done this. I've seen where I've actually um, taken people that said, oh, I've got all these dead leads, okay? And then we'll take those dead leads from them, we'll run them through our systems, make calls to them, and all of a sudden find all kinds of business. So I would have said, oh my gosh, these leads are great, and some other company said, these leads are terrible. It wasn't the people, it wasn't the leads, it was the conversation we were having. Gosh, I hope agents will get this. The yeah. lead conversation is a scam. Do not join companies and, and move from one company to another because they have better leads. Yeah. Well, I said yeah. a lot there, okay, I said it. <laughs> yeah, and the, you know, the, the funny thing is that example just, is, it's just so true that you've got, you know, you've got lead source A, that you got a lead from in March of 2019. Ah, terrible, not doing anything. He told me they were just looking, blah, blah, blah. They were gone. Agent B gets same person, same lead in October 2019 from lead source X. Closes a deal with him in the nine, next 60 days. Agent B yep. is like that. Oh my God, that source is unbelievable. Agent A, they got it in the spring, is like, oh man, that's terrible. Same person. It's about the process that they went through. And a lot of it's timing. You know, you roll in and you get the lead today and it closes in 45 days. That probably was less about what you said and more about you just lucked out of the timing. Good deal. Move on. That happens yeah. too. So, yeah. you know, I think that the interesting thing is I think that agents are figuring this out. And I think this is becoming one of the clearest lies that agents see 
that the companies they are are not are not understanding yet that the agents get this. The agents get that I'm working the same stuff as every other agent in town. So yeah, now it's the the I think the um, shift is agents figuring out how can you help me work these leads. It's not about the lead quantity or the lead quality. It's about how can you help me connect with them and convert them. And I think that's mm-hmm. the, you know, from a company's perspective, I hope they don't figure this out, but I think that's where it's at. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, a kind of along that same, along that same vein of what we've been talking about, I, I think that there is a fear of, um, there's a, a an unwillingness for owners, brokers, managers to be straight with agents when agents come in and say, listen, this is what I want to do, but I'm not really going to be able to do this full time. Or they say, I'm going to be able to do, I'm going to do this full time. And, um, you know, they come in and their activities don't mirror that. So, the myth or the lie that I think is being told is that you can actually generate a full-time income by being a part-time agent in this business. So, um, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just one of those things. Everybody, if you ask anybody why they get into real estate, top three things are going to be because I want to be my own boss. I want to have unlimited income and I want to write my own schedule. And all those things are possible after you build a foundation that was created on a lot of discipline. But that's not the conversation that they're having conversation that they're having is, yeah, you can come in here and you can do a lot. Well, you know, I don't want to do this. and I don't want to do this. and I don't want to do this. Okay. Well, we can still do that without being a salesperson, without making outbound calls and without, you know, actually working, we can still make that happen. And there's all kinds of business models out there. We know that there's all kinds of business models out there. There's some that are agent focused and the, the business model is if the agent produces more, we all win. And then there's other ones where we want the agent to produce, but at a certain point, that agent is going to become, they're going to consume more than we're actually getting from them. So there is no upside for the company to grow people into the producing, the producing levels that they want. Then that's a conflict of interest. Like that's a conflict of interest. If the agent's growth means the company doesn't, that's a conflict. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, 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 you've said so much there. And um, what I, what, what's going through my mind right now is like, I don't want to deter or discourage anybody that's thinking that, you know, that they want to get into real estate, but they only have part-time, you know, they can only do it part-time, you know, surely don't want to discourage that. But what, but I think what we're really talking here is about here is that, the managers or brokers, the leaders in our industry are a lot of times, they're just not leveling with them and saying, hey, yes, you can do some business when, you know, um, if, even if you're only part time. But, you know, in other words, there, let me back up here. So I, I'm going to reflect on an experience that I had two weeks ago. An agent's coming into the business and they're talking to me and they're saying, hey, I'd like to maybe join your company. And I said, okay, well, what are you looking to accomplish? Well, you know, I'd really like to make, you know, $100,000 or more, you know, and, um, it, you know, in the business. And, and I started asking a bunch of questions and, you know, I asked them, well, what kind of time commitments are you going to be able to make to the, um, to the industry? 
uh, to your new profession. And that's when this person says, well, you know, that's kind of like, that, that's kind of one of the challenges that I have. And that's how it usually shows up right mm-hmm. there. It's like, hey, I want to make, you know, 40 sales. I want to make $100,000 or $200,000, um, you know, and I'm really, the, I'm, I'm willing to do what it takes. And then I ask a few questions and one of the critical ones, okay, well, what kind of commitment are you going to be able to make when it comes to the time you can invest in this business? And then they say, well, that's kind of one of the challenges. And, you know, I have to do this in the mornings and I could probably come in maybe three days a week and I can't work, you know, in the evenings on Thursdays and Fridays. I can't work, you know, on Friday at all. And, and, and right there is when the broker owner manager has a dilemma. Yeah. Do, do, I, do I let them down and say, hey, look, you're not going to be able to, it's not likely that you'll earn full-time income when you're committing part-time hours. You can make part-time income with part-time hours or full-time income with full-time hours. Like for some reason that that conversation is not taking place yeah. because if it, it and, and I did say that. I did say that to this person or a, a variation of that. And, um, and, and now this agent um, is contemplating, are, am I really going to go into the business or am I not? Because they need full-time income or can only put in part-time hours. And I've leveled with them. And now they're reevaluating. Do I need to figure out another way to get full-time into the business or do I just need to stay out? Because just doing two or three sales for that person wasn't acceptable. She yeah. needed full-time income. You know, so part-time is fine. It, but part-time with expectations that you're going to make full-time income is not good. It's going to lead to disappointment. And, and, and nine times out of ten, it's going to lead to failure. You've got to have your expectations in line. Your, your, the, the activities and the ex- expectations must be in alignment. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is we we mentioned it early on of what I, I said at the beginning, what the point of this was. This is, and I, I'm glad you clarified that because there are okay. great part-time agents in in. It's about alignment. So we said at the beginning, this is if you're really, really trying to grow your business to something in your mind that is more than, you know, just a couple deals here and there. It's really proactive and it's not a job, then that's where this conversation revolves around. And you're right. That is, it's about being in alignment. Have the courage to have the conversation knowing that that might, you know, they might not come on and do two or three deals, but that might keep them from making a mistake and failing at something that wastes a lot of their time because it wasn't in alignment. Uh, uh, 100%. Hey, before we end, because I know we're kind of at the end of the the original list of of things that we wanted, I actually did think of another one before the recording this morning. And um, and I just, I'll I'll throw it out there. Stop telling them that you have the best technology in the business. (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh. It's like- For five seconds. Okay. okay. You have the best technology. Uh, No, now it's gone. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. It's a scam. It's a scam. It's like, you know, oh, but we have the best technology. You know, it's like, I won't name companies because I just don't think that's fair. Um, But, you know, there's companies out there right now that are recruiting agents saying, gosh, we have got, we are a technology company. We're the best technology. And then like three months after they say that, 
then you'll see in the news that they just actually purchased a technology that's been on the shelf for years and now that that's their new CRM. Like somebody's got the best technology, then goes buys a third party CRM that all agents all over the country are already using, but now they're saying, oh, this is part of our technology suite or our technology stack. You know, and I've been fortunate. I've been very fortunate. Um, and a lot of this comes from my relationship with coaching companies. I've, I've got relationships with owners and agents like of all different brands. It doesn't matter. Century 21, which is, of course, you know, what Brendan, uh, who Brendan and I are affiliated with. But whether it be Caldwell Banker or Keller Williams or, or, or gosh, uh, Better Homes and Gardens, um, you name it, Realty One, all these companies that are, uh, that, that are out there. I've, I've been fortunate to kind of get a, a look at the technology and all the technologies are the same. Mm. I mean, yes, one company has one feature in their CRM that's better than the other company, but then that other company has one feature that's in, in their websites that is better than that other company. It, it, it's kind of like everyone's number one, which means nobody's number one. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how this technology thing is. And I'm seeing so many agents being recruited or being enticed to go over just to a company just because the company's saying, I've got the best technology. Yeah. It's, it's a scam, Brendan. It, it really is. And I, and I got to bring it up because I, 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 I'm, I'm tired of seeing agents go to these companies and then turn around six months later and actually leave those companies. That's devastating to one's real estate career when you have to keep bouncing around. Yeah. And people are bouncing around because people are calling them, trying to recruit them by saying, we've got this new shiny object that's going to change their life. No, it's not. It's not. It never does. And just to, just to complete that circle, what is the technology always related to? Isn't the technology and how great it is always related to the quality of the leads or how they're going to be able to convert them more? Yeah. So we already established yeah. that the leads are all the same. We're all working them. So if yeah. that's a scam, then the technology part's a scam too. Yeah. It, it comes back to, you know, what's interesting. I think a lot of the companies that say I've got the best leads also say I've got the best technology and the best leads, but just, do your research on the companies that say that and look at what the average per person production is within those companies. And you'll see they actually fall below average in mm. most cases. Yep. So there's the, there's the, there's the, 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 the conflict. I've got the best, but my agents are producing the worst. Yep. So be careful out there. Be careful. It's a, it's a it's a business out there where so many companies and managers are they they want more agents so bad that they're kind of stretching the truth a little bit. Yep. Good. Well, I think that's a, I mean that uh, brings us to I guess the end of our list. Maybe we'll, maybe yeah. we'll start another one as we hear more things. But uh, I've enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. I hope the um, yeah. audience gets something out of this and um, appreciate you getting on. I think this is uh, this is a great conversation. Yeah, that was excellent. Thank you for bringing this uh, subject to the forefront.